Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. Welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Marion O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin. And and look, you know, long-form podcasts are all the rage, right? Like, everybody's talking about them. Tucker does a long-form podcast. Joe Rogan does a long-form podcast. Guess who else does a long-form podcast and yet still a radio show? Yeah, it's also us. It's a free solution. I mean, it's a free solution here on WYSL, too. Imagine, imagine, Tim, if if you and I did like a full three-hour show. I mean, we could probably do it, but full full three-hour show like the, the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, we we get peckish. Like Joe's getting high and like getting really drunk sometimes. So it's like, I mean, I'm amenable, but I I think right. that we'd, we'd lose. I mean, well, I'm like by beer three of the night, yes, yeah. the conversation's gonna change. I get it. Oh yeah, it's it'll get it'll get sideways for sure. Yeah, um, but we do have some stuff. In the three segments that we have here for WYSL, plus bonus time, too. Again, folks on WYSL who are listening to this, remember, we, we do have some extra show between the breaks. We, we have some uh, extra discussion sometimes. And after the show, we'll carry on the discussion uninterrupted. So make sure you find our podcast uh, wherever you get your podcast. We're, we're probably out there. And if we're not out there, let us know. But almost anywhere you can find it, uh, look for a free solution. And... We're going to talk about we're going to talk about uh, a video that, that kind of went around um, over the weekend earlier this week uh, from uh, Tucker Carlson because you know I said I said such nice things about him last week. You were you were pretty you were I I I feel as though I'm more of a Tucker fan than you are, and so I I was um, reasonably surprised with your circumspect nature and your your. Like actually, I think just think you were fair. Like you were, yeah, just, right. Like you, you know, know what with, with yeah, with that interview is like I I think it was a good thing he did it. Like he could have pushed harder on some things, but like, and you know, I'm not giving Putin any credit, but I, I think it, it's a good thing to go and like interview people and try to get their perspective and understand their point of view, uh, even like bad folks, right? Like that's that yeah. is like journalism. Yeah. Uh, and then Tucker went and and ruined it by releasing a bunch of like garbage propaganda like just just straight up ill-informed nonsense uh, you didn't um, like the the train station like it was a train beautiful station. train station free from oh, beautiful train station yes yeah, yes train station. Like those got chandeliers and stuff Ooh. i mean we don't have like new york city's like train station they're, co- they're right. dirty and covered in in graffiti Ooh. i mean i mean you know like and the trains run on time in russia pal you oh know what i'm saying God. <laughs> that well, yeah. The key to a successful society is that nothing else really matters. Like, did the trains run on time, and did they have pretty trains? Um, These are the, the finer things of life that you, the life in America, seems to have passed by. We oh, used to and, be a and, and sure, you know, they were they were built by Soviets and Stalin yeah. and slaves. But you know, it's pretty, right? Like, it's that's that's the important part. Like, it looks nice. Like, this is what a nation should really be about. 
<laughs> pretty train so, stations. Well, <laughs> I honestly, you're killing me because that was my reaction. We're talking about communist Russia and a, a bizarre form of capitalism that relies on oligarchy and strange ways of exchanging goods and services. We're talking about a conscripted military that like, Hey, you want to get out of jail? All right, here, carry a gun and go shoot at these guys. Like there's some real problems with how Russia does things. And so, you know, the train station, I I guess there's even more Kevin. Yeah, no, there's a bunch of this. And just on the train station thing real quick too, again, like, Dictators do this all the time. They they like because North Korea does this. They have a pretty train station too. Yeah, they have a nice train station that they they take people around to, and it's clean. I mean, like, yeah. never mind everything else, but like they'll take the tourists and like the the sycophants over to like that area and like, yeah, ooh, look how impressive we are because we built like this nice piece of architecture. And well, and the United States, for what is worse, also has nice train like Grand Central Station's a nice train station too right like you yeah, can go it, and see nice train stations if you want to but it's really not it's it's about how functional it is right like and there's there's a lot of problems with the, the new york metro and 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 everything else but it is not the most important thing and like you have to recognize when you are becoming a victim of spreading propaganda which is exactly what tucker carlson fell into with that and with his his ridiculous grocery store stuff too he went to Aldi's, and Aldi's in <laughs> Russia is what I saw. Whatever the Russian video. version of Aldi is. He's like, like, he's sticking a ruble, which is like a quarter, into a cart. And I'm like, okay, I can yeah. do that right anywhere. I met Yeah, I, like, I, you're so impressed by it. Like, oh, look at this. Like, you could stick this, like, 10-ruble piece into here. And, like, oh, it's, it's this thing. And I'm like, man, have you, like, bro, you have, like, you are so out of touch. He, with, he with might everyone, be a little like, disconnected from grocery shopping, Kevin. Like, what a like, what an elitist thing. To, like, my man's never shopped at an Aldi before. Like, I, again, this is where I go because Aldi's cheap, right? You know? Yeah, I, I met Hunter Biden at an Aldi's in Connecticut. I swear to God. Like, <laughs> I swear to God it was Hunter Biden. And he didn't even try to get his quarterback. He just gave me his cart. So, like, oh, I'm did he? Big, has, yeah. When taking the cart, he just, like, he's like, all right. He's just know, like, like, here you go, bud. I'm like, wow. What, what, what a generous quarter? man. And he's like, ah, I just sold some art. <laughs> 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 so he is good. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna, if I'm going like, to exaggerate it. a story, I'm going to exaggerate it all the way. There, literally, I saw a guy that looked just like Hunter Biden. He gave me his cart. I'm not convinced that it was Hunter Biden, but it looked enough like him for me to tell this story. So, yeah, been. hey, it very well could have been. You don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it was a bit of a silly thing. It goes on things like, oh, look, this is how they prevent homeless people from doing this. Like, yeah, like Aldi has this. I think. Price right might have it too. Like, there's a bunch of grocery store chains that have this. It's all throughout Europe, all throughout the U.S. If you've gone shopping anywhere, especially at like discount stores, like it's just more common. But uh, and then like it, here, here's the other part because he called like the shopping experience like radicalizing, right? And he oh, went God, through. No <laughs> yeah, it's it radicalizing. Like, you know, basically he went through. He was impressed. Like, oh look, this place has fresh bread. You know, like out here in the grocery stores. Like, yeah, that's what Russia's known for. Like having fresh bread all over the place. That's well known for that. Um, but, but like impressed with that, like, Oh, look at it. And like, man, can any grocery store, like every grocery store has that now. Like, I mean, all, all now, not, not, not all of them, but like a lot. Yeah. I mean, the old joke is right. Under communism, you wait for bread in America, bread waits for you. So that's right. I don't, I, I mean, 
Hunter is, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Tucker <laughs> is kind of like an elite, Kevin. All right. He's been making a lot of money for a really long time. He does not need to be bothered with bread. Like probably everything he has is custom made. Like his chef makes his bread every day. Yeah, that, like, that like is that what was happening? Was he just doing like Instacart for everything, or like not even think about it? Is someone else doing a shopping for him? Stuff just oh, yeah. shows up, like, like oh, get, yeah. that's, that's, get, almost almost every like it's it's like a thing that's happened over the last like twenty twenty five years. But like almost every grocery store has like fresh bread now. It's yeah. It's, I, I mean, look, I hate shopping so much that I got married. Oh, just kidding. Like, my wife is sleeping, so I can make jokes like that. <laughs> see something come flying across the room. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and, and, and we'll talk about the price thing, too, because he talked about, like, oh, like, normally it costs all of us, like, $400 for a week worth of groceries. We bought this for, like, the equivalent of $100, right? Uh, food's so cheap here. Why is food expensive in the United States when it's cheap in Russia? Tim, is there an economic reason for this? Like, is there an economic explanation for why this sort of thing happens? That food in America is expensive and food in Russia is cheap. Why would it be cheap for an American? Um, I think food in America is actually, I mean, maybe I'm missing the question because I think food in America is like, we have a mega dose ton of choices. We have like, well. All right, so so let me let me let me kind of lay it out for you here, right? Like, okay. So, Tim, have you ever been to to like overseas anywhere, yeah, like that, to any other country? Oh God, no, right. no, I no, would never. Terrible. No. Right? So, like, I'm you know, aware. like I, I've gone to like like if you go to some countries that are like a little bit less affluent than the United States, like I went to like Czech Republic, like and again, Czech Republic is a, a wonderful place, and like there's a lot of cool stuff there, but like. The exchange rate, they have like crowns there. They're not on the euro. Like the exchange rate for Americans is pretty good because a lot of people want U.S. dollars um, and like those dollars are, are like kind of worth a lot more. So you can get food there really cheap. In Russia, it's it's even more so, right? So like the exchange rate's really good because dollars are really valuable, um, really valuable store of value. Like despite what our government has done to sabotage that, like it still is. Right. Um because America is such a like an economic powerhouse. So when you, when you go over to some place like you are relatively richer, right? And, and by relatively richer, I mean like the the average like annual wage in Russia is something like ninety six hundred dollars. Like the the GDP per capita is like fifteen thousand dollars. Compare that to United States, where the average GDP per, or the GDP per capita is like seventy six thousand dollars. You know, like is is kind of an abstract number, and there's a bunch of weird stuff that that gets in that. But like the average like wage family. Uh, Household income is like sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, United if State. I can interject, the 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 difference there is drastic enough to say that the average income of an American is three to five times the average income of a Russian. So yeah, like and, and, regardless of any controlling factors and and mitigating circumstances, that's a right. Reality. Yeah, and like that, like the like if you do just like the household income, right? Yeah. It's it's like sixty thousand dollars versus like ninety six or, or ninety seven hundred dollars, right? Yeah, um, and. And Russians spend something like uh, close to like fifty percent of like their um, monthly income on food, compared to Americans, which spend about between thirty and thirty three percent on average. Right. Uh, okay. You you came with data, bro. I love it. Yeah. So like, it's it, the thing is like what you when you're looking at this stuff, you have to look at like how much like purchasing power does someone actually living in that place have right like not like 
you as a former television star or even like me as like some marketer living in Rochester, like, cause again, I went over to like, you know, Czech Republic and I went into like the, the outer areas and it was like, Oh cool. Like I get to stay in this like B and B for $13 a night and buy meals for like four bucks and buy steak for like six bucks. And, you know, I was like, Oh, okay, cool. But like the thing that to keep in mind is like over there, like, the reason food costs less is because labor costs less and, you know, because people have less wealth built up, they're demanding less uh, in terms of compensation and they can afford less. So that's the only price that they can sell their goods for. Right. Right. And so that's good. Right. Where uh, it maximizes the availability where it can meet the price point of a consumer. So, yeah, of course, to an American, they're going to be looking at that stuff as ridiculously inexpensive, like. Obscenely yeah. inexpensive in a in a way, right? Without yeah, and, any and, perspective. And Shelly throws out here: says Americans have higher salaries, therefore poor countries' food seems cheap to us, right? And that that's what's going on, right? Because like again, what you have to really look at in these situations, like because when when Tucker's making the argument, like look at how radicalizing this is. He's trying to convince an American audience that food is cheaper in Russia, and that like if only we did things like Russia does, then food would be cheaper here too. But that's not really what's going on. Oh right. yeah, no, that no, I, I didn't quite make that connection earlier, or I would have been like, oh no, that that it, I wasn't quite sure why you were saying it was propaganda, but when we get here, yeah, then it becomes clear as to why why you feel it was very propagandized. Yes, he's out of his mind there, but I, I, as always, I'm willing to give these these guys that say things that I like to hear a free pass. And therefore, Tucker gets a free pass. <laughs> there you go, Tucker. Just say whatever you say. It's 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 fine, buddy. Like you say it's some good things that I like. So like yeah, whatever. He's just, he's just so rich, he doesn't understand the realities of of economics. Right. But look, honestly, throughout government, throughout the elite class, there is there is a definite disconnect from the realities of our economies to their economies, and certainly that would carry over to the Russian economy, right? Like that. Their their inability to make sense of things is it obvious, right? We go through it every day. Yeah. All right. And and a couple of these comments too. Y'all get to eat food? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sometimes. We do, yeah. Okay. Occasionally, you know. Um and you know, other stuff. Uh used to get a liter of Pepsi for five cents. It's forty five years ago. Uh, Mexico doesn't have a syntax. She's talking about Mexico too. Um that's Shelly on YouTube and a, a mystery user on Facebook. Um, and yeah, and, and other folks are, are pointing out stuff like, like, okay, healthcare is cheaper in Mexico. I don't know. I haven't looked at that closely, but there, there are things in other countries that are cheaper than the United States relative yeah. to income, right? Like Again, our that's, prescription that's, drugs are cheaper yeah. in other countries, like by magnitudes. Okay. Like that's real. Yeah, legitimately that 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 is a thing places and like there there are other like more comparable countries to the United States where like food relative to income most people have to spend on food is cheaper, right? Like it that is a thing. Um and 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 we should look at that, right? Like it's 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 you just have to make a comparison that is appropriate, right? You have to to compare it to what people can um actually afford in those places, right? Like how much does the economy allow people to build wealth and to have disposable income to buy the things that they need or even want? No, I'm with you. So, 
So anyway, um, I mean, that that's my whole take on that is just uh, uh, in terms of nationalistic propaganda, I wouldn't want to live in Russia. Um, I mean, there's also we, we're not going to get into it before the break, but the the whole Alexei uh, Navalny thing, too. Um, uh, I don't yeah. Know if you about, yeah it's, we should talk about that maybe during break, the Na- Navalny thing. It, it's yeah. another moment of hyperbolic kind of activity around something that could be really important if it was treated correctly. A, a really valid yeah. point could be made. Interested you know? to see where you go <laughs> with that. Um, you know, but you know, there, there, there's folks right now who are want to like leave flowers out to, to recognize his death and um, are getting arrested for that too. That's um, something that, that exists over there. If you had, even honor a dissident, uh, you can end up in jail. So, yeah, yeah. Well, what what a what a fun place to live that uh, <laughs> Tucker Carlson's uh, spreading some propaganda about. Um, so, actually, you know, actually, we 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 I realize we have three minutes left, so we can talk about the Navalny thing. Where are you going to go with that? Um, well, I think arguably what happens is when. Something that's obviously a tragedy, like he spoke out against Putin, right? Like that's his big thing and ended up dying in prison. Do I have that right? Do I have the right guy? That is the guy. Um, That is certainly a narrative about that. Um, So when when we're advocating for, I guess where I would go, one of my criticisms of the current situation is when we're advocating for freedom of press and freedom of speech in Russia, and yet we look at the growing dystopian nonsense that the mainstream media hands us and the narrative peddling that they are constantly repeating, I I wonder if some people who are standing up for Navalny are, are just putting on a show. Okay, does that make sense? Maybe. I mean... Alexei Navalny was poisoned and had to be treated in, you know, I think a German hospital, um, you know, was tried to, they tried to kill him previously, yeah. Uh, yeah, possibly I mean, before. Uh, that's, that, it's not, not quite on the same level. And as soon as he went back to Russia too, they, they arrested him, transferred him around, you know, didn't um, communicate that well. And then, then he died. I, you know, I don't know, like that. Uh, that sort of seems like a different level of like media and critic suppression than than what we have in the United States. Which, again, there there's certainly things worthy of being critical of, but I think this is on a somewhat different level. Okay, um, I think that's fair. I think that the same allegations are being made against, um, in the case of Gonzalo Lira, against Ukraine. Like I, so I wonder where right. no one is made a case for him except for like guys like Tucker, I guess did, but we're, we're picking sides here all the time instead of standing up for universal freedom of speech, a universal free press and Kevin and Tim's right to say things that they want to, even though they may be offensive, like no, I'm sure things you know, get sensationalized uh... and people use it to pick a side. I guess that's where I would want to land my criticism, you know? Uh, yeah, no, I suppose so, and I, I know like the the comparison that that um, the guy in Ukraine and and who had also died in prison, right? Um, yeah, and I mean, although I I think he 
had actually contracted an illness was my understanding. Maybe I'm, I'm mistaken there, but uh, he was, he had an illness and he wasn't yeah. being treated for it. I believe he was right. like diabetic and he was experiencing body swelling, which is something that diabetics experience and he wasn't treated for it. That, those are the allegations, right? But we're not, we're not because Ukraine is our ally and half the country wants to fund their proxy war with Russia. We have to look the other way. And we have to call this guy names and minimize who he is and what happened to him. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, okay, no, I, I get the, I, I get what you're trying to say there. I mean, I yeah. think they're, they're they're certainly two very different folks, but um, sure, they can. Yeah, be. I get what you're trying to say. There. Yeah, but 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 you're right. Like it at, at base, like it is the responsibility of the Ukrainian government to treat people who are in their custody well and to make sure that they have the health care they need to survive. That is a thing. Uh, but on that note, though, we, we do we're overdue for a break. Uh, so we, we could talk about this during the break. Thanks again for joining us here on a free solution on WISL. We'll be back. You. Introducing a sobering and unavoidable truth. The latest advancements in artificial intelligence have made cyber attacks easier than ever before. Cyber criminals are relentlessly targeting your business right now, seeking the tiniest opening in your defenses to drain your accounts and steal sensitive data. Your finances and your customers' trust are on the line. Call the experts at Simple Tech Innovations now at 585-999-TECH to secure your business today. Don't wait until it's too late. Make the call today. 585-999-TECH. Hey, this is Kevin Wilson, host of A Free Solution. You ever need a tool for just one project? but didn't want to spend the cash for something you'd use just once or twice? Well, there's a new tool library in Rochester where you can borrow just the thing you need instead of buying a new one. It's called the Tool Shed from the Southeast Area Coalition, and membership starts at just $25 a year. Use it for home projects or to support your business. Learn more and become a member at seektoolshed.org. That's S-E-A-C toolshed.org. In 1926, the Avon Fire Department put an Aaron's Fox pumper into service. It now sits fully restored in a museum near Toronto. Avon has an opportunity to bring the Fox home for its 100th birthday for a fraction of its appraised value. The Aaron's Fox Full Circle Preservation Society needs your help. Look us up on Facebook or call 615-6463. Let's bring home the Fox. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Marion O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin, and this is an area where I think with our WYSL audience, you and I run the risk of getting labeled in a simplistic fashion as being anti-police. And I I am not anti-police, and I know that that's going to get me labeled by libertarians as like, okay, you're, you're you know, you're you're fence straddling, if you will. And I am um, in a way I am because we have a society. Police are part of it. Yeah. I play softball with dudes that are cops. They're good guys. Like they're human beings, but we have issues that need to be discussed and everybody needs to hear about them. So yeah, a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I think like you and I are kind of on the same page with that one too. Like I'm not like fully anti-police and not police abolition. Uh, but I also do think that it's worth, 
reconsidering the role for police in some situations and holding police uh, accountable when they do things that are destructive, right? Like they don't, I mean, you know, like they, they don't deserve full qualified immunity in every single situation where someone's life is ruined or ended by their actions, right? They're, they're, they have to be held to account in those situations where they're destructive, especially when that destructive behavior is repeated. And so in one of those instances, uh, like there, there's a good story that appeared in, um, I, th- I saw it in the Democrat Chronicle, but it, it was called Devastating Injuries, Very Few Consequences, How Frequent New York Police Crashes Wreck Lives. And what it talks about is there's these situations where people, uh, officers who are on duty, who are in police vehicles, um, are involved in car accidents. And sometimes those car accidents are completely their fault. Things like speeding through red lights or stop signs without their lights on. Um, So like not even doing the right thing or backing into other cars or, you know, doing all sorts of like other like reckless driving maneuvers that aren't even really necessary for like catching someone. Right. Like, and even then, like it's not necessarily acceptable to to put other people at risk um, in something like a police chase. It's why they changed some of the, the procedures around that. But, there's there's all these cases, and I'll share the, the the link to the article. So if you're listening on WYSL, just go to uh, a Free Solution Facebook page, YouTube channel, or the Kevin Wilson pages, or the Tim O'Connor pages. You'll see the link to this stuff. Um, and yes, so so what ends up happening in this is that like just like other like kind of use of force incidents is that the Instance where police cars are police vehicles are involved in a, a crash is that they will be investigated internally by the police departments, um, and there's a bunch of folks who are just like a use of force instance. They're like, I, I don't know that this is an unbiased group looking at it, and. Yeah. And, and again, it's a lot of folks like they 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 kind of dove deep into some of the Syracuse numbers. Um, so there was like 237 police officers who were involved in crashes um, that faced some sort of discipline, 701 crashes in the time period that they studied, 69 officers who had multiple crashes on their record during this period. Um, yeah. And, and a lot of folks like just didn't face any discipline at all. Um, and a lot of times the discipline would it seem to be connected to how much damage they cause to police equipment? <laughs> and okay. I, all so, right. you know, not great. And, you know, it would be like, you'd lose some like furlough days. Uh, you, you'd lose some, like you get yeah. a written reprimand. Um, I, yeah. That I mean, type of stuff. I, I have a personal story. Um, when I went to college, I, I, I had met um, a number of people from the New York city area. And so one of my friends was introducing me to several of his friends when I went down to Manhattan to hang out. And he he introduced me to a guy who had like just basically acted like he had a boatload of money. And my buddy pulled me aside later and explained the situation to me. Um, he had been riding a motorcycle. A, a police officer turned left without seeing him, ran into him, picked him up, set him on the side of the road. And said, I think you're going to be okay, buddy. And drove away. Now, luckily, there were some concerned bystanders that managed to get involved, got him the health care that he needed, and 
it eventually turned into a rather large settlement for this young gentleman. But that that police officer um, obviously was negligent, obviously created a, a, a health situation for this young man. And and so it, it's it's something that's been going on for a really long time, I guess, would be my point, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been a thing for a while. And then there's there's stories in the article that I talked about, like uh, of people who've had like, you know, permanent um, disability or like lifelong like uh, pain because of these things. Like, And, and they've been like working for like there's one guy, Charles uh, McCaughlin, who's going through a 10 year court battle to do this. He ended up settling for like 50 K, you know, and, and it, it like ended wow. his ability to like work. Wow. Wow. So that seems. Uh, that seems absurd. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's again, he, he drove for a living and wasn't able to do that anymore. And, and so these situations where like, like the, the situation that you had mentioned too, where, Hey man, like they, like be for goodness sake, be a human and take responsibility in the way that like normal people would. Okay. You cause an accident. Like there needs to be consequences. You need to make sure that like, a, you don't run away from the scene. Uh, you know, B, that you there should be some insurance uh, in this situation. We're, we're going to talk about in a second and then see, like, you know, be accountable for it. Right. Like, I think like if you were driving recklessly, like if if I as uh, a normal citizen am doing that, like I get points on my license. Right. Or like and if I do it often enough, I lose my ability to drive. You know, right. I'm, I'm actually OK with that. I know not, not a libertarian position, like advocating for driver's license, but like I, I am OK with some people's driver's license being taken away because they drive like morons. Um, yeah. If you're hurting people enough times. Yeah, you shouldn't be driving like I'm, I'm fine with like that uh, right being taken away from you. Yeah, no, I, I reside more where like driving should be treated as more of a right. But also, there should still be consequences for repeated bad behavior. Like, well, like even like some fundamental rights, like your your right to like freedom of movement can be taken away if you like commit crimes, like right? through due correct. process. Yeah, right? correct, absolutely. And the same way, driving also should be taken away from people who are hurting other people, right? Like again, mm-hmm. if you if you are causing accidents because you're reckless or because you're driving intoxicated. Yeah, I'm okay with you not driving anymore. Like that, you you messed up and you can't be trusted with that. Yeah, sorry. The unknown Facebook user out there in Facebook land says rights come with responsibilities, and I think that 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 sometimes gets lost in in a narrative. You know, anti cop, pro cop, whatever. That's not the point. Rights come with responsibilities. Pro driver's license, anti driver's license. Yes, you have. In my opinion, you have a right to drive. The licensing is, is and some of the traffic tickets that are handed out are like revenue generation for the government. And I think it disproportionately impacts low and middle income people. But the reality is, is that sure, you have the right, but you do have a responsibility to your to your fellow human being. Like, let's be let's be real. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, And now I want to. um Oh, where where's I'm trying to find the comment now for it, but uh, so so like the the other the rights come with responsibility, and also like power comes with responsibility. I, I was talking about this in the context of police stuff too. Again, if you if you're going to give be given the power of you know to to act violently on behalf of the state, right? Um, the the power of legitimate violence, um, then yeah, like you have an extra responsibility to use that power 
um, in a way that does not harm people. Right. Um, or, or when you must use violence, then it, it's in the pursuit of, of, you know, justice in a way that is prescribed by law. Right. Like I, I'm fine with that. Again, I'm not an anarchist. We'll, we'll save the anarchy talk for, for next segment. Um, yeah. and, and so like, there's a couple of different ways to like address this. Right. And, and so one of them I want to bring up, uh, that, uh, Shelly also brought up, uh, on YouTube, law enforcement should carry liability insurance just like every other profession. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, should, I mean, they should do it for use of force. They should use it for, for driving too. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so there's, there's also a problem. This article, uh, dives into talking about how a lot of, uh, police don't spend a significant amount of time, uh, in, in emergency vehicle training, right? Like it is part of training, but it's not something that like they, they end up spending a lot of time on, like, uh, on a recurring basis to make sure that, cause like it, it, you do operate emergency vehicles, especially police cars in, in a different way than like you or I drive Tim, right? Like I get that, right? Sure. So, but if you're going to do that, if you're going to do things like run red, red lights and stop signs and drive above the speed limits and, you know, move around folks like, okay, like you need to be trained consistently for that. If we, if police officers are required to carry liability insurance, both for, you know, use of force instance, but also for driving emergency vehicles, then insurance companies would probably insist on regularly re-upping that training or either charging a higher premium or dropping them from the insurance altogether, right? Because insurance companies don't want to have to pay out for reckless police officers who are driving their vehicles irresponsibly. Right. And insurance companies won't pay out. Like that's, that's the thing. So it would create a self-correcting mechanism by which uh, consistent bad behavior gets removed from that service position. I think it would be important. An ending of yeah. qualified immunity, a liability policy, uh, blanket qualified immunity. I can see cases where some level of qualified immunity may be appropriate, um, but I don't know. Not not to the level that we have it. Yeah. And, I mean, I'd like to see it lifted from judges not. and politicians too. That would be certainly nice. not the unlimited qualified immunity that Donald Trump is talking about too. That's uh, oh yeah, he's news. a big he's fan on that, that one. <laughs> um, but but overall, like the I think it, we've talked about this before, but like the insurance thing is a good way of correcting this because getting what what happens with the like having insurance covering both use of force uh, instance and also like driving is that when something goes wrong, you don't have to wait for a the police department to the, to investigate itself and b like the town to pay you back. So really like your taxpayer dollars are going to pay all these settlements. Um, and then, and also again, that accountability, right? Like in order to continue doing your profession in the same way that doctors also have to have liability insurance to continue doing their profession. If you mess up enough, if you are reckless enough, if your attitude is bad enough, like whatever it is, insurance companies say, you know what? Nope, you are too big of a risk to us because we're going to lose money. It's not a moral thing. It's not a pro-cop or anti-cop thing. It is you are losing us money now. Yeah. And so we are no longer going to cover you. And if the, the insurance companies with their good lawyers are losing money, you're messing up. Yeah. If you're so bad that, that, that they're dishing out settlement dollars for you. You should not be in that profession anymore. Sorry, you're you're dangerous. And if you haven't already killed someone, you're going to. You need to be done. Well, what would Acorn Cops liability insurance look like, Kevin? <laughs> oh my god! Okay, quickly explain what Acorn Cop is. All right, so 
look, guys, probably some of you have heard the story, but recently um, a, an officer mistook the sound of an acorn falling on the top of his car for a su- suppressed gunshot coming from inside of his car. And anyway, he just started blasting. He blasted at his own car. Now, the the person in the vehicle had a history of being violent, but had been patted down, searched, and handcuffed. So, Acorn yeah. Cop had a bad moment there. Um, yeah, he and- thought he heard his shots fired, dove on the ground, said he was hit over the radio, and uh, and then just mag dumped on on his own police cruiser, like with, on it, his with own police someone cruiser in back. Girl, like the, unfortunately for him, the body cam footage has been released to the general public, um, and. Guys, it's it's a mess. Uh, arguably, he made a mistake, a huge mistake. It cost him his career. But he had another officer on the scene who rushed over at the same time and responded similarly. So the call of shots fired. Look, guys, I, I get offended because when I took my hunter safety course when I was 14 years old, the things that I took away from that course were Always know your target. Always be sure you're going to hit. Always know what's behind your target. Always know what you're shooting at. And then always examine the consequences if you make a bad shot before you pull the trigger. Like, And I lived out on a farm, wide open, thousands of acres everywhere. And I always put that in my mind before I pulled the trigger, before I set up for a shot. And so when I saw this, and when I saw that the second officer, who also just mag dumped into the cruiser, I was very concerned. Now, now, luckily, this this story can be funny because the guy in the cruiser was uh, <laughs> makes it funnier. Really, the guy in the cruiser was uninjured; like yeah, they didn't hit him. Not not one. Yeah. So, it, no, that one's mm, yeah. Uh, sorry if that if you're you're he he resigned from his position, the, the Acorn cop. Um, so we'll see if he shows up somewhere else. <laughs> right that, that's that's arguably something that could happen he he resigned in the middle of the investigation and he yeah. was found liable for for inappropriate use of force uh, with no criminal consequences pending as of yet um right so i find that to be problematic as well yeah all right but on that note we have to wrap up this segment thanks again for joining us here on a free solution wysl we'll be back in just a few Introducing a sobering and unavoidable truth. The latest advancements in artificial intelligence have made cyber attacks easier than ever before. Cyber criminals are relentlessly targeting your business right now, seeking the tiniest opening in your defenses to drain your accounts and steal sensitive data. Your finances and your customers' trust are on the line. Call the experts at Simple Tech Innovations now at 585-999-TECH to secure your business today. Don't wait until it's too late. Make the call today. 585-999-TECH. 
To live the quality of life we deserve in truth and freedom, informed by our Constitution, our laws, and traditions, we need to pick the best leaders possible. Recent experience certainly illustrates that. Free and accurate elections are essential if we're going to restore our society and safeguard our rights. New York Citizens Audit is a volunteer, nonpartisan group which has been lobbying for open-source audits of the State Board of Elections and reform of the electoral process statewide. Did you know Citizens Audit has uncovered over 1 million felony violations of election law? that in 2020 there were 625,000 more voter registrations than existing voting age citizens in just six New York counties, that there were 338,000 more votes cast than voters who voted. These are just a few shocking examples of the urgent need for reform. You can help. Visit AuditNY.com and learn the facts, how to volunteer, and make a difference in your community. Again, volunteer, donate, or spread the word. Start at AuditNY.com. That's AuditNY.com. A free solution on the WYSL stations. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Tim, the Freedom Variant O'Connor. I'm here, Kevin, and look, I, I ran across a word, um, and I've been searching for a word to describe a piece of the way our government is operating that, that feels chaotic, that feels inappropriate, that feels like I don't want more laws, but the laws that we do have should be enforced. I feel like there's too much property in the control of the government where they get to make the rules. And so I ran across this word, Kevin, anacro or anarcho tyranny. And so look, a while back, you and I had discussed a situation in, in Norwich, New York, where there's they have a problem with vagrants wandering the downtown and they can't seem to find a way to get these guys trespass tickets or get these girls trespass tickets. And the shop owners are are coming into work, finding people on their doorstep in, in drug-induced states. And mm-hmm. they can't, they don't feel like they can do anything about it. So let's face the reality, right? Like you react to somebody in your doorstep for basically infringing on what you feel is free access to your store. You do something moderately violent. You do something inappropriate. Perhaps you even use the wrong word when you're talking to this person. And all of a sudden you could be, you yourself could be the one being punished while the person who is disrupting your business remains free, right? Like with, with no consequences to their action. So you don't have control from your doorstep to the edge of the road like that is public property whereas arguably your store can be considered private property and you may be able to ban that person from entering you still can't stop that person from infringing on your rights to offer a good and services to people so that's that's right so so what what specifically is happening and like like are there any like concrete cases of someone getting in trouble for asking someone to leave their property hmm I think that big department stores regularly get sued for that. And if you're asking me for a specific case, I mean, I could do a search right now and I bet you find who knows how many. Okay. Well, yeah, like, so I, I guess I'm just trying to figure out like, like what, what's, where, where's the connection here? Like what, where's the actual injustice here? Cause you're giving me a hypothetical, right? Like, a, like, Hey, if someone like fell asleep on, on, you know, the front steps of your business, uh, you could get in trouble for kicking them out. Right. Like, I mean, obviously like, yeah, if you like, you know, beat them, and then sure. they leave like you've now committed a crime. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. Right. Uh, right. You could you could legally call them any name you want. 
Um, people might frown upon it if you, you know. Well, you can't accuse them of stealing and you can't accuse them of, of other things without potential consequences for that. Um, so you could accuse them of stealing. I get what you're trying to say. It's like a nuanced position. Should, do they have the right to chase vagrants out of their door stoop or off of their sidewalk in front of their building? Yes. Unless you like escalate it to the point of violence. Right. Um, and and it's like, if they're in a public area and a public sidewalk, then, then that's where you get like, as the the article you shared with me about like nuisance laws, right. And uh, loitering laws, which loitering laws are controversial. Like they're, they're sort of tough. Cause I like the, the difference between like loitering and freedom of assembly is murky. All right. So where, where it becomes anarchy is that people at the very least, whether, whether we want to get to the technical details of it or not, people at the very least feel like they could run into trouble for, for ousting a vagrant from public property that is infringing on their rights to people to have access to their store. So whether it's actually real or not, people still have that perception. So they feel as though the government is enforcing a form of anarchy and imposing a form of tyranny on them for the threat of, of potential consequences for an, a reaction to a bad situation. So, to take it one step further, the town of Norwich included in those nuisance laws are the desire to go after landlords who are purportedly renting to people that end up, I guess, drugged out and bombed up on the sidewalks in Norwich. See, so now they're going to go from a form of anacro tyranny imposed upon them by the government to a form of tyranny that they're advocating for that is state mandated authoritarian tyranny blaming actually in a sense another victim who would have a hard time getting rid of these people without extra laws and right you see what i <laughs> yeah. mean like this yeah yeah so um rochester has something like this which uh I- i'm kind of so i'm not i'm not fully against it but like they, there's a lot of problems with with how it goes like you can get nuisance points as a property owner if the people on your property get in fights if they get caught selling drugs if um they're causing you know disturbances to their neighbors things like that right, right. and and part of it's like some property owners some landlords are like I would love to remove this person from my property, but I can't because New York state and local laws prevent me from removing this person from my property. Uh, They have tenants rights and I can't do that. But then the city will come back and say, well, you, uh, because you rent out this property to this person, you've gathered so many nuisance points that you are now going to lose your certificate of occupancy. We're no longer going to allow you to legally be a landlord anymore. So then what right then then either they get kicked out anyway uh or they're staying there illegally without a certificate of occupancy um, right so there's no solution other than yeah. more government tyranny and that is like i think that's where the word appeals to me right like they force this version of anarchy where one person's rights are held up over another person's rights or people are powerless to protect their own stuff and now it's chaos. So right. Like- so because yeah, I 
mean, it, maybe this is like the uh, like the nerdy philosophical libertarian in me, like you using the word anarchy. Like anarchy to me implies like there is there is like no power, no authority, right? In that right. situation, which, right? Which is mandated by law that the individual has no power or authority. That's that's but, where but the, the state doing. still the state still has the power to do it. It's more like you know chaos and disorganization, not not really like anarchy, right? Sure, sure. Look, I I actually I get the point that you're trying to make, and I like it and appreciate it. But I do like the word anacro tyranny or anarcho tyranny. So I mean, like, me I mean, like what? It's wrong. I'm going to use it all the time from now on, Kevin. So, so do you mean it in a way as like arbitrary enforcement of law, where chaos is allowed to exist and selective enforcement uh, still comes against people who are maybe frustrated with the situation or? You know, just randomly without any any sense of rule of law, or do you mean that chaos is deliberately fostered in order to create a situation where people are amenable to more heavy handed approaches in dealing with the problem? I would take the third approach and say that both of those points that you make are valid in this in this concept of what we're looking at, where individuals rights if they're deemed to be somewhat or moderately successful have been abridged and suspended and other people's rights are propped up which creates this cyclical tyranny that goes from government enforced types of anarchy which perhaps isn't the right way to use the word anarchy but uh, no yeah that like a part of me is like anarchy like means like uh, we, we, we have a definition it. in the comments uh from facebook says anarchism noun political theory advocating the abolition of hierarchical government and the organization of society on a voluntary cooperative basis without recourse to force or compulsion right like um right uh, arguably that that still fits in my in my position here that anacro tyranny or anarcho tyranny is an interesting word, and Marxists create creates words all the time. They create words constantly, so, so I'm that, okay with and, uh, the, a nice it, oxymoron here. Yeah, like you, you are suppressing the rights through a form of lifting up a, a system of anarchy, which then in turn people are feeling like they have no rights to defend themselves. So yeah. It's like taking like, – somebody had a tweet. Maybe I can find the tweet real quick. Um, but, like, we take guns from people to protect people from getting shot by people who still have guns. Do you see what I mean? Like, gun control would be a form of anarcho-tyranny. Does that make right. sense? I mean no. – <sighs> Not, not like, like I, I'm, I'm, I'm caught up on like a, like I, I'm in, I'm in the libertarian bubble of like what, what anarchy like, like means in a definitional point of view versus how it's used colloquially to describe a chaotic situation, right? Like, I do, I do think that anarchy in the colloquial use of the word fits anarcho tyranny better than what we know to be philosophically pure anarchy. Does that, does that make sense? Like it's a it's a catchy buzzword that that sort of covers an increased governmental tyranny through use of public spaces, through use of the perception that people don't have right. as many rights as they may have. Yeah. And and so like because I, I think you're 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 hitting on a problem that is 
legitimate. Uh, like, and not that that you're you know bringing up stuff that's illegitimate all the time or anything. It's it's so like it, it's a problem in like Rochester. It's a problem in major cities where you have these situations where like there'll be like a, a massive homeless encampment or a, like a, a street like this. This sort of happens on like Monroe Ave in the city of Rochester, where there's a bunch of people who are panhandling. They're aggressive. They're disruptive. Yes. They're littering. And you're like, okay, can you please get away from my business? And the answer is like, well, no, the police aren't going to come and do anything about that. But, you know, if you were to take action against them, the hand of the state would come down against you. Um, and, and so like that, that is a thing. And that is a thing people recognize in, um, in, in like any of that, like Norwich is not by any means like a, a, a major metropolis. Um, it's, it's a thing that's happening in a lot of places uh, where they feel people feel powerless to be able to address a real situation and balance that against the rights of people who are just on the streets. Right. Again, which you're not necessarily violating anyone's rights, just being there. If, when does that turn into like an actual legitimate crime from a libertarian framework? Right. Like, right. again, is asking for money a crime? Well, no. Well, it sort of is in some places. Or should it be a crime? No. The, no. The crime is that there's too much public property, I think, in this case, right? That that I don't control between my door stoop and the road to any effective measure. I think that, t- that Tim, are you saying we should abolish crime, sidewalks? What's that? Are you saying we should abolish sidewalks? I think we should abolish public ownership of sidewalks on some level. I think that that's the case. If I were to make a case based on what I'm thinking of as a necro tyranny, that would be the case I would make. And I think it would solve the problems in Norwich. Like you can't get a guy who's on your doorstep on the sidewalk. You can't get him a trespass ticket. You can't get him in trouble. Right. Because even though he's interfering with your business and that's because he's on public property. Therefore, if it was a private property situation, it would be different. And it would right. be so, like a sidewalk past that guy. Which, which girl. in some cases, yeah, like, I mean, it depends on what it is. I know, like, in some cases, if you're a restaurant, you have, like, tables out in the sidewalk that you, you kind of get some leeway to be able to do that, to, to remove people from those spaces that you have bought the right to use back yeah. from the yeah, city. You, pay, you bought them, for sure. You paid rent yeah. or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, again, it, it's a tough one. Because, again, you, you, you have a right to just, like, be places in a public space for now and i i am not one to say we should fully eliminate publicly owned sidewalks um but i get like wanting to be able to do something about someone who's being disruptive to like the operation of your business or making customers uncomfortable i just don't know where the the ability of the state to use violence against that person ought to come in yeah so you all right so you're hitting on a pretty good conundrum and that i absolutely can see problems with just using the word simplistically and necrotyranny and and the fact that public places exist is not necessarily and doing away with them is not necessarily the solution like that public places exist may not be the problem doing away with them may not be the solution i think is if i was to distill your critique here i i think that's fair we might be being too nerdy i think we should be talking about the stingray and the Immaculate Conception. Tim, you've brought this up with all of 30 seconds, 15 seconds in the show left. So, you know, we're going to have to save it for after the show. All Uh, right. Yeah, thanks again for joining us here 
on a free solution. We're called tonight, WISL audience. Listen to a podcast if you want to hear the rest of this. Take care. <laughs>